This is the Fantasy Fast Track with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Ready, set, go. Welcome to the Fantasy Fast Track Podcast. Brad the Big Noise Evans here, joined by my good old pal, old buddy, Senior Fun Buns, Brandon Funston. Yes, this is the old Fantasy Record Podcast. Yes, it's been repackaged. Yes, it's going to be faster, but it's still going to be glorious, and it's still the two of us. Bosom Buddies Mm. back again to break (laughs) down uh, the fantasy football world pod by pod. Uh, Brandon, let's uh, go ahead and get your reaction uh, to week two because it was bloodshed. It was a bloodbath. Uh, It was just a mess uh, as so many big names fell by the wayside. But your biggest takeaway from week number two is what? Yeah, it came late in week number two on Sunday night, and it's to stop saying bad things about Cam Newton. Uh, The guy looked great. And once again, I didn't know if he could sustain uh, the running week in and week out, but he looks like one of the best uh, goal line weapons in the league right now. He's literally unstoppable uh, for the most part when he gets the ball in point blank range of the goal line. Uh, just running the ball in, but he threw the ball so well, putting the ball in tight spaces, uh, getting protection, which is key for him, and actually making Julian Edelman doing, you know, reviving Julian Edelman's uh, fantasy value and making Nikhil Harry look interesting all of a sudden. Uh, He's throwing the ball better than I expected as well. So I I have to come around and stop being so bearish on Cam Newton. He has legitimate – top 12 QB upside once again. I think he's top 10 rest of season. Yeah. And in fact, probably top, maybe even top five, hell, these next three weeks as New England gets Las Vegas a week number three, followed by a shootout game potentially against the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead and then the Denver Broncos who are wounded everywhere, particularly in that secondary. I'm with you there on Cam. I was woefully wrong about him. However, I was right about Leonard Fournette. And it happened a week earlier than I even forecasted him with a complete takeover of this backfield. Over 100 yards he galloped for uh, in week number two. A pair of touchdowns. Very impressive. 4.40 yak per attempt. Getting those tough yards and driving those legs through tacklers and initial contact. And I expect that to be the modus operandi of Bruce Arians and company rest of season. His ball to the belly of Leonard Fournette at least 15 to 20 times per game. Going to have a role as well as a receiver. So if you bought on the bear, congratulations. You might have got yourself at least a top 15 running back, maybe even a back-end RB1, especially with so many major dominoes, Christian McCaffrey, Raheem Mostert, Saquon Barkley, to name a few, that have fallen here over the last 24 to 48 hours. This Fantasy Fast Track podcast, of course, is presented by MonkeyKnifeFight.com. And if you don't know what the hell Monkey Knife Fight is, go to MonkeyKnifeFight.com right now and use the promo code FTN. Again, use the promo code FTN. And when you sign up, you get a free $5 game on the house. It's a simple game. It's daily fantasy, no sharks in the water, it's just you against the house, and it's just more or less over or under. Fantasy points, receiving yards, passing touchdowns, rushing yards, receptions, whatever is your pleasure. They got it in the NFL and across all sports, whether you go NBA, MLB, NHL, uh, even eSports. Again, go to monkeyknifefight.com and use that promo code FTN to get a free $5 game on the house. Let's get to today's Fantasy Five. 
number five. All right, uh, on the theme here, it's going to be for every Monday of this program, waivers, waivers, and more waivers. So we're going to be the top five pickups. You need to know we're going to count them down from five to one. And starting at number five, Justin Herbert for me, Brandon. Uh, out of left field, didn't know that he was, A, going to start. Uh, B, we didn't know that Tarod Taylor was going to suffer a chest injury or some sort of chest compression issue right before the coin flip. But that was the case. Herbert thrust into the spotlight, and he matched the reigning Super Bowl MVP. Punch for punch. Cool, calm, and collected, delivering strikes down the field, getting Keenan Allen involved in the pass game, getting Austin Eckler re-involved in the pass game, throwing darts to Hunter Henry. I, I was so enamored with how well he performed. He had the 12th highest intended air yards rate of any quarterback, too, here in Week 2 that maybe Justin Herbert is going to be a thing, like now, like the rest of the year, as long as Anthony Lynn comes to his senses. I'm going to throw an Abraham Lincoln on him out of a fab budget of $100. I think this guy could be a borderline top 15 quarterback rest of season. Again, assuming Anthony Lynn leaves him in the lineup. Your thoughts? Well, at worst, he's a scramble for all those two QB and super flex leagues out there because, uh, yeah, you go out in your debut against the NFL defending Super Bowl champs and you throw for 311 yards, 9.4 yards per attempt. You also run 18 yards and rush for a touchdown, showing some duality there. Uh, a little bit of headwind because this is going to be a conservative offense and we do have to let Anthony Lynn come to terms with Justin Herbert's future being now and I, you know i hopefully they'll come to his senses and realize okay we were playing tyrod taylor until justin herbert would look like this and know what he looks like this a little sooner than we expected we're gonna have to go ahead and turn him loose but i think there's the upside uh you know the arm with the ability to run a little bit yeah i mean he's for sure a guy to target in two QB leagues, and he might just be a nice little insurance in deeper one QB leagues as your backup to kind of tuck away and see if this lightning can continue forward. Oh, baby, and that lightning's going to strike as he gets Carolina in week numero trace. Number four. All right, to move it on, let's work in a tight end. Uh, Schultz had a breakout game for the Dallas Cowboys. There are some other guys, your boy Johnu Smith in shallow leagues. If he's still out there, certainly worth casting a line for. But how about Mo Alley Cox? Uh, maybe he's going to be the next uh, great uh, college basketball player to transition to tight end. Unlike Rico Gathers, who failed miserably, but I still love you, Rico. <laughs> uh, but maybe Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Jimmy Graham, the list goes on and on and on. He, of course, was a baller in the post for the VCU Rams a few years back, and he was a baller on the field for the Indianapolis Colts in week number two, and they're thrashing on the Minnesota Vikings. Six targets, five receptions, 111 yards. He did only have two targets for two catches for 20 week one at Jacksonville, but I'm really impressed. Big body guy, uber athletic, ultra physical, got a wide badonkadonk who can just sit down there on the routes, and what do we know about Phillip Rivers? He's got those those T-Rex arms, and he's going to be dumping off the short field. We thought it was going to be Naheem Hines last week. He only had the one catch for four yards, so that really mm -hmm. didn't work out. But Mo Alley Cox could lead you to mo money, mo money, mo money. That's why I like him for a 3 to $5 fab bid on. And if you're in a deeper league, obviously you want to go a little bit higher than that, 7 to 10. The Colts of this week, Brandon, have a matchup against <laughs> – 
<laughs> the paper airplanes, the New York Jets. Your thoughts on Mo Alley? Uh, I've been waiting for Mo Alley Cox to surface. We keep hearing about this athletic, the number three guy in the Colts offense buried at the tight end death chart, but with a bright future in Mo Alley Cox, and it's finally happened. Trey Burton getting hurt and Jack Doyle getting hurt and, and Cox getting his opportunity. And he, you know, it's his first chance. Uh, he took it and ran with it. So I like him in the short term. As long as Jack Doyle's out, he should see a lot of targets because that's what Philip Rivers likes to do. He likes to throw his running backs, likes to throw his tight ends, all the people really close in his orbit because he doesn't have much of a deep ball anymore. So makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of tight ends kind of emerging. I kind of like. Jordan Akins in Houston. Yep. He hasn't done anything yet that has not impressed me, and he got seven targets. Jordan Reed didn't, like, scramble yep. his head and had a couple of touchdowns? That was a miracle. Yeah, so there are some tight ends out there, but for a short-term ad while Doyle is hurt, like, Mo Alley Cox may be as good as it gets in terms of additions you can add on the waiver wire. Throw it down with Mo Alley Cox. <laughs> Number three. All right, moving on to numero trace here on the Fantasy Fast Track. A top waiver ads here in week number three. How about Jarek McKinnon of the San Francisco 49ers? Kind of a last man standing scenario, right? Everybody's hurt. Bosa went down. Jimmy Garoppolo went down. Uh, George Kittle didn't play, uh, although they're a little bit more optimistic. He's going to suit up here in week three. Already missing Debo Samuel. I mean, God, the injury am just feasting on the flesh of Niners and now Raheem Mostert, uh, one of the latest victims, uh, expected to miss uh, maybe a couple of weeks. We don't have an exact timetable at tape time, but uh, dealing with a knee injury. Now you got Tevin Coleman there. Uh, you've also got uh, some additional bodies that could get mixed in. Jeff Wilson, the pride of North Texas, go Maine Green. But Jared McKinnon, I think, would see the primary workload, maybe 55 60% of the opportunity share, had a long gallop, three attempts for 70-70 yards against those aforementioned puddle jumpers in New York, had a touchdown in consecutive weeks. He's somebody that's got some flex appeal, and if you got a $100 budget, you know, and he's sitting out there sipping pina coladas in your free agent pool, maybe worth about 15 to 17 but I probably wouldn't go an Andy Jackson or higher on McKinnon. What do you think? Yeah, we hadn't seen him since 2017. He's only touched the ball nine times through two games, but he has the two touchdowns. He's getting like two and a half, almost three fantasy points per touch in half PPR leagues. It's amazing efficiency so far. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, just each of the last two weeks, I've managed to catch a few of his touches, and he looks like he's all the way back. He looks fully healthy. He was a game breaker before. He has that speed, has that quickness. And I I could see him kind of elevating into not the current Austin, Austin Eckler, Eckler role, but the guy we saw that was playing the secondary role to Melvin Gordon early on uh, with the Chargers, like where we're always saying like, oh, he's so efficient, you know, and I could see his um, workload kind of going up into that 10 to 13 touches per week range ultimately and if he gets that I just think he's going to be so efficient with the way he looks and given this offense and the way they you know Kyle Shanahan's a genius when it comes to running offenses so I think it could work out very well I like uh, this call of Jarek McKinnon here at number three yeah McKinnon could certainly strike it rich in deeper leagues number two all right let's go to New York and let's talk about a murkier pool of players to pick from here Saquon Barkley obviously out with the ACL injury done for the year who's it gonna be is it gonna be Deion Lewis 
Is it going to be Wayne Gallman Jr.? Is it going to be Rodney Hampton out of retirement? Uh, Tiki Barber? Or maybe Devontae Freeman, uh, who the Giants could be kicking the tires on. Here is my best advice. And I know it's number two on this list. Avoid them all. Avoid them all. (laughs) Because I think it's just too indecipherable, Brandon, to really figure out what the things are going to transpire here for New York rest of season. I think if anybody, you know, if you want to invest in this backfield, it's probably Deion Lewis, uh, likely to get right around, you know, 11, 13 touches per game when Gallman could get a similar workload. But if Freeman enters the mix, he could wind up being the main man. He's been waiting very patiently as Drew Rosenhaus has been shaking trees to try to get him a primary gig somewhere and maybe is going to be with the G-men. But I wouldn't spend anything more than, you know, 15 to 17. It certainly would not exceed $20 on any singular option right now uh, with potentially wearing the blue with Freeman or guys currently in uniform. What do you think? Deion Lewis, your guy, or nobody at all? Yeah, nobody at all, but I would say Devontae Freeman, Devonta Freeman, now's the time to go after him because he's actively pursuing a job. He wants a starting job. The Giants make sense, if they, and it's just it's it's the time to speculate on Freeman to add him if he hasn't been added because he's going to go somewhere. People are dropping like flies. Opportunities are are jumping up, and it's just a matter of time before he lands somewhere. And he's not going to go somewhere where he's going to be a bit player. He's going to go somewhere where he has a significant role. I think if it's not with the Giants, then what you end up with is Deion Lewis and Wayne Gallman probably splitting time. And I'm not interested in that at all. I can see Freeman being the guy to target here and having the most success for your fantasy team going forward. A whole lot of blue in New York. Number one. All right, last and certainly not least, Mike Davis uh, has got to be the top of your waiver priority list or your fab budgeting here in entering week number three. Christian McCaffrey, if you haven't heard the news, been living in a cave, maybe under a rock. Four to six weeks he is out with a high ankle sprain. Here's what we like about Mike Davis. Came in, eight targets, eight receptions, 74 yards right out of the gate. Carolina's going to be down in a ton of games dealing with negative game scripts, and he has a legitimate three-down skill set. He showcased that for Brandon's beloved Seattle Seahawks a couple of seasons ago in 2018. Just over 62% of his rushing yards came after initial contact uh reggie bonifan uh will be peppered in here or there but mike davis should be the main man for this matt rule led carolina panthers franchise here in the near term and the panthers upcoming have a couple of delightful matchups against arizona in week four and the atlanta falcons in week five davis could certainly turn out some rb2 level numbers there in 12 team leagues i'm willing to go about 45 to 50 percent of my fab budget what say you fun buns yes that's especially right if you're a cmc uh someone who's rostering cmc and you have to wait this one out davis could be a nice plug and fill in while you're there not much else to say about him i absolutely agree and don't worry too much about reggie bonifan mike davis already beat him out uh and matt rule was very complimentary this summer about mike davis and he was immediately plugged in when, when CMC went out, had the eight catches, as you mentioned. He should be the guy uh, going forward until McCaffrey returns. And that is a wrap on today's edition of the Fantasy Fast Track. Please check out Brandon Funson's fine work and his colleagues at The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter, at Brandon Funson. Follow me, at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and or review, because we're back in the saddle, baby. And we're going to be breaking down Thursday night football a little bit later this week in some of our favorite sleeper plays under the radar, guys. 
entering week number three as well. And check out FTNFantasy.com, FTNDaily.com, and FTNBets.com. Use that promo code Evans, E-V-A-N-S, to get 10% off your subscription today. Until next time, adios, amigos.